how our pitches were back. I've made my return. I was off last week, but I'm back now, back uh, fit and healthy. We are catching up on two game weeks of football because of the midweek prime video sport special thing they have going on. Uh, so we've got two games to talk about for each of the teams. Um, stinker week for my team, it has to be said. Uh, both of the games very, very much of a letdown. Um, game's a game. And United looking pretty decent. But I am joined here with, you know, the stable of United on this podcast, Ed. <laughs> and that yeah, is it. Be back on. So... Just to start off, just to kick off, Vic has bottled it this week. He's not turned up uh, after the amazing game that I did not expect to happen, but he didn't turn up and Ed can now gloat so Vic can listen to it through our Instagram. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, United 2-1 Chelsea. Uh, obviously, the other game, United's game week we'll be talking about is the loss to Newcastle. And it's mental because if you look at the two games, I think it's three, I think it's Saturday to Wednesday, so what three, four days apart. And it's and it's literally like watching a team at the beginning of the season versus the end of the season, the difference. Like Newcastle, United look like they couldn't be asked, or it they'll look like they couldn't be asked, or look like they played a, a full night minute game like three minutes before kickoff or something. It was they just looked second to everything, super slow. And then against Chelsea. Like I said, complete opposite story. Dominated them, dominated them everywhere. Like, even dominated the midfield a bit, which I would, was not expecting when you see Enzo and Caicedo starting for them and Amrabat and McTominay starting for us. And you're thinking, there's only one winner in that midfield battle. Um, but yeah, absolutely dominated Chelsea. I think United had like 27 or 28 shots in the first half. I've been averaging 14 a game this season. Jesus. So double their average full game in the first half. Yeah. Um, Bruno Fernandes missing a penalty in like the first five minutes as well. And when I saw that, I was, I mean, I'd had a stinker in the group chat before the game started saying I saw McTominay <laughs> was starting and, and I was worried and obviously he goes on to get to brace. But yeah, Bruno Fernandes missing a penalty in the fifth minute. I instantly thought that's it. That's the kind of thing that United fall apart on this season. Any decision that I go or anything goes against them, they fall apart. And if Bruno Fernandes misses a penalty, like when that for United, that normally means the rest of the team is like not going to have it. It's not going to be your day. And I was ready for a long one. I was expecting on the form that Chelsea were going to win. Um, not that Chelsea have been great, but they've at least scored a lot of goals recently. And United have conceded so many. I thought they'll just score too many goals no matter what we do. Um, but literally, first half, United dominating, dominating, dominating. Chelsea had a few chances. Mudrick had two stinkers, mate. He was one-on-one twice. One hit the post. One went wide. Both both near left, um, like near post down to his left there. And I've got to say, like, against Andre Onana and his form at the moment, all you've got to do is get it on target and you've got a chance. And the first one, I get it. Second time, I thought, maybe don't go for the near post. I know it's it's a high-risk, high-reward going for the near post because you can catch a keeper out, but also it's easy to whiff it wide. Um, so I felt like the second one should have been better. And Cole Palm obviously gets his uh, gets his goal and it was pretty nice, to be fair. He yeah, did it was quite nice well. Goal. It was Mudrick did assist, to be fair, but it's all on Palmer. Like, nice little run, keeps dummy in, and then shoots finally. Do think Anana should maybe do better, but that's 50, half, six to one, half dozen to another. Like, it's a good shot, but it's quite, it's, it trickles over. And I feel like when a ball goes over the line slowly, you always think keeper should have got that, but it's probably more difficult than it looked. Um, that was obviously just for half time. Thought United were going to come out in a second and struggle. And uh, they first five minutes, both teams looked a bit nervy and then it was just all united again um i honestly couldn't believe it. i was watching it like where where has this been all season like, if you're not going to play like that and yeah like i said mctominay got himself a brace um good goals as well he had about six or seven shots could have easily had a hat trick he actually had a really good chance set up by anthony but he just fell over on the shot um like it just after he scored a second as well and you're thinking he, oh my god he's about to score again the easiest one he had whiffs it um, and yeah, if if United played like that and actually put that intensity in every game, they they'd be they'd win a lot more games than they have been this season. The reason United lost games is because they've just look, they just fall apart at times, or they look good for twenty five minutes. They play like that for twenty five minutes, and then a dog for the rest of the game, and they lose because of it. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself 
with United because yeah, <laughs> like this, like watch us lose to Bournemouth tomorrow. I would not be I, if we go straight back to the Newcastle performance and play like that against Bournemouth, we will lose to Bournemouth. Even at Old Trafford, we'll lose to Bournemouth. If we play like we did against Newcastle, but if we play against like we did against Chelsea against them, we'll we'll absolutely destroy them. Like it could be a, it could be four goals, four or five goals. Yeah, that's a risky thing to say now, night before, but that is the <laughs> truth. It's all on United in the Bournemouth game. Um, Luke Shaw went into left centre back as well in the second half. I think that was a big difference. Chelsea had a few chances in the first half. Uh, their pace as well, like their pace with Sterling, Mudrick, and Palmer was a bit too much for Lindelof and Maguire. Second half, Tenag puts San, uh, Luke Shaw into left back, uh, into left centre back, and Regalon comes on at left back. And it just completely ended all of Chelsea's chances. I can't think of a chance I had in the second half. Not a good clear-cut one. Um, Luke Shaw's an unbelievable centre-back. It's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. He's so little. Like You wouldn't think he'd be good, but he is good there. And I, I'd, probably, I'd probably start with, with Luke Shaw at centre-back and, and regular left-back against Bournemouth. Give it a go for a full game because Luke Shaw played there last season. He was pretty decent. And... That back line has looked shaky this season with Martinez out, has it really shaky. But when Shaw's in there, it is so weird. He is so assured when he's in centre back and I don't on like so someone who never played there, or maybe hasn't since he was a kid, it's it's so weird how good he can play there. Um and I've got to give a little shout out to Maguire and Anthony, who I, I both think have been heavily criticised, including by me. I'll, I'll put my hands up to that, especially Maguire at the beginning of this season. Being solid, mate. Maguire obviously got player of the month, which I do think is a, that is a bit of a pity vote. Yeah, exactly. I get, I get the same as Ten. I get manager month because it was like three games, one no goals conceded. I was like, yeah, but it all, it was like Luton, and Sheffield United, and and someone else at the bottom of the table, or like Everton. I was like, it's not really like mad, is it? And yeah. Anyway, he did have a good game, Maguire and Anthony as well. People were giving him a lot of stick against um, Galatasaray and in this game. He was decent, so. There's things going on at United. It's impossible to predict. And we know we'll all be laughing. Well, not me, but you lot will all be laughing next week when we lost to Bournemouth and then we've lost to Bayern right at the Champions League. But that, that's the annoying thing. You see that game against Chelsea and you go, if you play like that in all the Champions League games and maybe none of the most of the mistakes, like we'd have breezed the group. Um, yeah. And United made it difficult for themselves, I think, with the rest of the season. Because around we're going to go through some of these games. Some of these results are crazy. The top of the table is so congested. We are going to get onto the point that United are only three points behind City, which is ridiculous. And the same points as Spurs, which is ridiculous considering how shit we've been and how good Spurs and City have been at points in the season. The fact that we've managed to bumble through games to get there with no draws as well, just all all wins and losses is crazy. Um, and the best part about all of this, I've saved for last before I move on from United, is that I think a week before the United-Chelsea game, me and Vic were having a bit of a heated debate in the group chat about yeah. if Ken Hag or Pochettino was a better manager. And I They're both would... shy. They're both shy. But nah, Ten right. Hag is better than Pochettino. I stood firm on it. I had to. I think Pochettino at Spurs and Southampton, great. But ever since that Champions League final, mate, he's not been, he's not been the same. And I, when, when Chelsea got him, mate, I was actually like... I didn't want to say it to everyone because it could go wrong because I spent so much money. But I was like, watch, watch him just not do anything because it's Spurs, it's Poch, he's a Spurs manager. He's a, he's a bottler. He bottles things. And it's just been every bit of that, I think, at Chelsea. They've been so inconsistent this season with all that money spent and the quality of the players they've got in their team as well. Like, you could you could level it at United and Ten Hag say they've been inconsistent, blah, blah. But the, the amount of quality in Chelsea's team is way higher than United. Way higher, like, there's maybe maybe Bruno is better than most of Chelsea players. I couldn't pick anyone else out who I'd say is head and shoulders above any Chelsea player in the yeah, United. They've team. got a ridiculous team, but exactly, the management. But United have racked up so many more points. Exactly, and if if Pochettino was this good a manager, he would be doing more with those Chelsea players. I know there's no cohesion. I know there's too many players signed. Like that's awkward and difficult to create a team around. But I just don't think Poch is that manager anymore. And I think because he stumbled on the biggest stages with, with PSG and like in that Champions League final, I don't feel like the players respect him in the same way as they as they would have in the build-up to that. Do you know what I mean? Before Spurs got to that Champions League final, everyone was like, Poch is a fucking brilliant manager. He's so good tactically. He's so entertaining. 
since then, when so many more things have gone wrong, I feel like players do notice that and they are less likely to respect the manager, you know, who they, they might be thinking, come on, this guy, like, surely we're a bit better than this or, you know, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if some of them already knew him. Um, and yeah, I just, I just don't think, I just don't think Pochettino is a, is a great manager. I don't, he, he was a good manager. I don't think he was even ever a, a, a great manager. Do you know what I mean? And I don't really see how he turns it around for Chelsea either this season. I think they'll be inconsistent. They'll get Nkunku back and be better, but I reckon they'll be inconsistent all season. Yeah, I, I, I find it I find it weird with... Um, there's just one thing that I, I saw like pre-match with this game, that they gave Colwell captaincy um, for the game. And I looked at it and I just thought, why have they given him captaincy when you've got Thiago Silva with you, you've got Sterling... You got players like that who can, you know, they've got experience, they can control the field, but you give it to a young, yeah. yeah, But you give it to a youngster just because he's a he's an academy player. I don't know. I think the captaincy it's a big thing in the club, and to give it to the wrong person is like, especially in a game against United, which you they pretty much needed to win. Eve, both of you needed to win that game, and obviously you guys came out on top. Mm. But Chelsea needed to win that game, and if you. From an outside perspective, obviously I am biased because I hate United, but I did think <laughs> that Chelsea were going to win. Like coming into the game, obviously no, United, yeah, United they've played obviously the the lower side teams. Chelsea have played us, drew against us four four in one of the greatest games I've seen in a while, and they've beat a few good teams. Whereas United, you know, they they beat teams but not amazing teams. But then mm. to come out and perform like that, I just think. It's 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 weird. It, you no have to blame the management. You have to blame management there. Yeah, but I think they've yeah, been think, like that. They yeah, I think. Like um, that. Well, that's the thing. That that game, I think, is why. It, that's it's not just that they United won, so Ten Hag's a better manager. Like, yeah, clearly the game plan was better because Chelsea didn't have. We're not doing the same things United were. United had so much of the ball, so many shots, so many chances. Like, and and changed the game in the second half by taking off Lindelof and completely changed it as well. So it was even more dominant from United. Um, what was I going to fucking say? Do you know what was really, really annoying? It was obviously before that game, everyone was talking about United's record against the top nine. And I was thinking, we won that game. I was like, yes, that fucking record's gone. We won a game. I went, no, Chelsea are fucking 10th in the league. <laughs> Bastards. We still haven't beaten a team in the top nine in like the last 10 months or something crazy. Um and also hilariously, when I looked at the table today, I realised that Chelsea are closer to relegation than they are to the top of the Premier League, which is always, always a good one. They are 10 points away from Luton and 17 away from Arsenal. So good, good stuff from Chelsea there. Well, Let's roll on to your thing, team. You will, the one thing just before, like, it's a little weird thing. Did you see Santos in Brazil got relegated? And oh, yeah. in, in comparison, that is like United getting relegated. Like... Mm-hmm. Could you imagine Chelsea getting relegated? It wouldn't even be a shock anymore. Like, Santos being relegated over there caused riots. Chelsea get relegated. No one would care. Everyone say it's good. This is what's been coming. Yeah, they, could never get, they could never get relegated. Because even no. when you're terrible, they'll still be better than all the, the, a lot of the teams at the bottom. Like, it's great to take the piss out of Chelsea. It's always great to take the piss out of United, as every other fan base can at the moment. When we play against a better team, you always lose. But... Even even a poorly coached side with that quality will normally beat a lower team. Um, to be fair, we could talk about your team, but actually, just as we've mentioned the lower team, I kind of want to talk about Luton Arsenal because Luton. I only take back. I think we need to take back everything we said about Luton. <laughs> they <laughs> suddenly a good decent show. mate. Yeah. Like it, obviously, they did still end up losing to Arsenal, but to lose to a 97th minute winner against the top of the table when you're newly promoted as well, like. And they picked up a few results recently, didn't they? Beat Palace a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah, yeah, they're picking up results. It's looking good for them. I mean, they're facing us next week. I mean, facing us, I think, on the weekend. And I'm a little bit stressed. Obviously, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, you come into it, you think, oh, it's, it's Luton. I'm not really, don't really care. But we're facing them on Sunday. And yeah, three, like four or three against Arsenal. And Obviously, Arsenal, for some reason, every season, like for the last few, they get these last minute winners. I think last season it was yeah. Reese Nelson at like the 96th minute and to win the game to put them back on top of the league. And I'm just like, oh, it's just, I'm sick of it. That's Declan Rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, they're, doing, they're doing it again and this time against Luton to stay at the top of the league and it's just I can't stand it man I hate seeing other teams <laughs> like prosper when we're doing shit but yeah man uh, Luton are looking good Luton are looking really good um may, yeah maybe they're not relegation maybe they're not into relegation but look at the teams that are around them Everton they're looking good as well Obviously, Burn, Burnley just come off a 5-0 win. That's my club right there. That's my second club. <laughs> uh, Sheffield United, I've not seen anything good like at all from them. Um, Burnley, this is the first time I've seen a glint of hope all season from uh, Burnley. Uh, Luton, obviously, that 4-3 is actually really good to see from them. Uh, Everton playing decent. I think Bournemouth, they are clear. Obviously, a lot clear, like seven points clear, but... You know, the the way that they're playing recently, you never see them favourites against any team. Even though Forest. Yeah. Yeah, Forest as well. I think well. Forest, they're the ones that, I think if it's not gonna be Sheffield United, Burnley Luton going down. It, well, so it, it, but look at the table and thinking about how the results have actually gone, I think Forest would be maybe the most likely because Everton, yeah, like you said, have upticked and obviously they're only there because of their minus their ten point deduction. Yeah. Bournemouth are a weird one and they do pick up results. They actually, they will, I reckon they could easily bogey United tomorrow. I think they've, sure they've got a win against someone decent as well this season. I should have, I should have looked this up as well because I was thinking about it earlier. I forgot to look it up before we start recording. Um, and I think they'll be okay. I think, yeah, it'd be crazy for Luton to stay up. It would be so good because everyone before the season, us included, was going, they're, they're finishing rock bottom. But actually, yeah. When it comes to picking results, getting results in the Premier League and getting points, they've been the best ones so far. I know you love Burnley and I know you love company, but the reality is Luton have been doing better than Burnley have in the Prem. They, and for how much Burnley like to say they play a good game, like you haven't really seen that much of this amazing style of football, whereas Luton are playing what they'll probably admit is ugly football, but yeah. they're getting some goals, mate. To get three goals against Arsenal, mate, is massive. Even if you lose a game, that is... Like against that defence as well, do you know what I mean? That is a serious, serious achievement. And they'll be buzzing as well. Do you know what I mean? After that, they'll be thinking, we can we can do some damage to this league. If we can do that to a team at the top of the table, we can do things to teams below that. Um, yeah. And it would be sick to see to see Luton stay up. Um, and we'll just talk about the other Arsenal game quickly. 2-1 against Wolves. Um, Two games in the week, both won by a goal against teams. You'd, I think we all predicted them to win by at least two. Yeah. Do you think that Gary Neville might have been right about Arsenal, about how he was saying that they might not be as impressive or as exciting as they were last season and not scoring as many goals, but actually they're grinding results out in a way that, you know, like the United of old used to be. You know, not every game was glamorous, but they would just get the result either way. And at the end of the season, it was a results that mattered not. All oh, this player wasn't great that day, or that that wasn't perfect. Um, do you think this season they are more more likely to get the title, or at least actually win a trophy? Um, I've said this for a long time. The Arteta is just Pep E, like Pep version two. The way he plays football, he's learnt a lot of Pep. But what I'm seeing now is he is changing it a little bit, and he's bringing his own style of play to the actual team because obviously you can't play like City if you don't have the players that we have but he's he's looking at the strengths that they have like Saka is had an unreal season he's top goal scorer in the Champions League like I find that I find that insane because is obviously he, it's not Hoyland? N- no no I don't think so I think it's Saka um but I maybe I'm taking the last game or something yeah Saka is um He's really, he's really playing well. I think, I think he's on six or seven, one of them. Um, but yeah, Saka having a real good season, and Gabriel Jesus is back from injury now, so they're playing him. The pickup of Declan Rice has been amazing for this team. Like Declan Rice has has been the glue to the to the Arsenal team that they needed last season because Shaka's a good player, right? But he did come to the end of his career. Um, you could tell that he was a bit slow. He wasn't really ready for a title race. But now they got Declan Rice. You know what? They actually could run for the for the title. You know, um, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if they carry on this form. The only thing that can catch them out is the Champions League. And like last season, they dropped out of the FA Cup and Carabao and even Europa. 
um, because they were playing their B teams in those competitions because they were mainly focused on the Premier League. They lost it, and now they've realised, right, we can't do that. But if, if you know, they carry on with their best teams in the Champions League, they might crumble a bit. I, I, I think I stand by this. One injury is all it takes. Injury to Odegaard, injury to Saka, injury to Declan Rice, either of those three. And their team will suffer a lot, like we do with Rodri. Saliba suspension. as well. Yeah, Saliba. Saliba. That's he, happened in the last season when it was Saliba was gone. Yeah, he's ridiculous. I, I hear people saying he's best centre back in the world. I don't think he's that good, but he is. He's a great player, and he will be amazing in a few years. But right now, yeah, they they're looking good. Um, I'm not sure who they they they've got. Oh, they've got Villa. They've got Villa tomorrow. Yeah, that's a big game. Yeah, that's a big that, game. Villa are on 14 wins in a row in the Premier League. Last time they lost Mental. was against Arsenal. So this is the this is the one to you know carry on the the thing. So yeah, What's that, four, home? yeah, 14 home wins in a row for Aston Villa. Mental. That is that's ridiculous. Crazy. And you know if if Arsenal do beat them, I mean sorry if if uh, Villa do beat them tomorrow. This this could be massive for Villa, like, mate. If Villa yeah. if Villa beat Arsenal, then you have to say they're actually title contenders <laughs> yeah. as well because they'll be on thirty five, mate. They'll only be a point behind them. Yeah, um, obviously Liverpool could move to thirty seven and be one ahead of Arsenal uh, if they win. But yeah, mate, Villa. I've I was gassing them up beginning of the season. I was telling you Villa are sick, mate, and their back and their front line's a joke. Leon Bailey's even gone from bench player actually to start now and scoring goals, didn't he? Did he score against you or was it? Yeah, he did. Before that, he scored. And you love Leon Bailey as well because Jamaica, didn't you? So you hate to see that, but I love I to genuinely see it. Genuinely hate to it. See it. Knowing, your, knowing your heart is heart and mind is melting like that. <laughs> um, mate, Villa is sick, mate. And like, fair play to, uh, you know, Emery, like, he was a bit, he was a bit of a joke around England money after his time at Arsenal. Like, he was. Arsenal fans were ripping him, good evening, all this stuff. Like, no yeah. one really rated him. Obviously, went back to Spain, beat United with Villarreal in the in Europa League final. And fair play Villa, mate. That's a, such a good managerial signing. Like, when they first got him, I, I did think, oh, this is like, it's a good signing for them. Like, it's a good manager for them. Like, Emmy's decent. He, he understands European football, like, and he's won some trophies and stuff. I did not think it was going to be this good. Like, no, yeah. nowhere near. Do you know what I mean? I thought... They might do all right and get eighth the next season or something like that. Like no, 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 no. He has made them a serious team, and the way he way he's made like Douglas Louise and John McGinn and players like that just looks so good, so good. Not it just the front line, but yeah, mate. Um, I do I do love a bit of Villa at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Someone asked me the other day, a lad I was working with Chelsea fan, he's like, who do you want to win the league? And I was like, I don't know, fucking Brian. I should have said Villa, mate. I would love to see Villa to win the league. Like, I know United aren't going to, obviously, I want United to, but there's no chance. <laughs> but if Villa to win the league, mate, that that would be like one of the best stories ever. And with the way yeah. the league is playing as well, how tight it is, like anything could actually happen. It's not it impossible. It's so yeah. tight at the top. It's definitely yeah, not mate, impossible. 100%. But yeah, and we'll, everyone's getting um, beat as well. Mate, it's ridiculous. Like, talking about everyone being beat will segue into, into my team. Um, I did think we could with it is a stinker right so in the last five games we've got six points that is just unheard of from our team that's unheard of and the games we played as well obviously they were a bit hard you had Liverpool you had United was it United I think maybe Liverpool Spurs bunch of teams and out of it, we were expecting at least 12 points, and we've come out with six and a loss to Villa. And I have to say, I'm not, I, I think at the beginning, yeah, I wasn't much of a superstition guy, but now I've realized I'm a superstitious guy with watching football now. I watched, I like, listen, I know it sounds stupid, yeah, but I watched this Villa game lying down, right? And we lost. <laughs> we That's lost. how you lost. And I've never lied down when I watched it. Sit up like it was FIFA, second half. You know, sit up, lean forward. Take it more serious. (laughs) I don't know why, but from now on, never lying down. Um, But yeah, that game, just there's so much to talk about that game. Um, Obviously, yours and Chelsea were on at the same time, so probably didn't watch it. And obviously, I didn't watch your game. But on on a whole, uh, we've played 15 games this season, of course. 
We've lost three. They've all come from Rodri's suspension. When Rodri's not in the team, we lose. It's ridiculous how much of a glue that guy is to our team. Obviously, De Bruyne's out, which is, you know, at the beginning of the season, I said to you guys on the, on this podcast, I said, it's not going to be that bad because Foden's going to step up. But Pep's playing Foden on the wing. Foden is stepping up. He's getting goals and assists. He's playing like, obviously, we know he can. But he's he's not playing in the midfield. He's put Alvarez in midfield, who's a natural one striker. I, I don't know. It's, it's odd. But, yeah, that game, I, honestly, I couldn't believe what I was watching. They didn't seem like Aston Villa. John McGinn didn't know he had that in his in his locker. Honestly, the way he was playing, he dribbled past, I think, five of our players. Like, it, it's it, in one run, he dribbled past five. Then, obviously, the Bailey goal, it was a bit unlucky. It came off a deflection. But they have, they, there's questions got to be asked on our team at this point. We played our team. We had six defenders on the pitch. So seven of our 11 players were defence. We had Decovadio, Akanji, Diaz, Walker, Stones and Rico Lewis. All right? Two of those players were in midfield. But it's, I don't know, the depth that we're used to having, it, it's, it's disappearing a lot. Obviously, that is due to injury. It's due to selling people. But the replacements we brought in, like Matias Nunes came on, looked slow. Kovacic, he brought him on at like the 80th minute. It's a waste of time. Uh, he brought, he took off Foden, who was arguably our best player, because Haaland just, you know, he doesn't do anything unless the ball's being fed to him and the ball wasn't being fed to him. So Foden, our best player by far, takes him off for 17-year-old Oscar Bob. I just like, I don't know. Pep, he, he had a kind of a bit of a stinker. Uh, managerial wise, the, the lineup was a bit dodgy. Obviously, certain things like Doku was out injured. I reckon Doku's in that game, he shreds. Um, but yeah, Rodri's coming back soon, so hopefully, he saves us. And De Bruyne back soon. De, there's rumors De Bruyne's back in December. If he comes back before Christmas, I'll be over the moon because he is so he's unreal, he's so good to our team. And um, just one point that I want to put out there. I'm kind of glad Vic isn't here for this, but I cannot stand football Twitter. I cannot stand <laughs> it. All right, so we have a Power Pictures Twitter account, which we tweet out all our articles that we tweet that we uh, make for our website. And when I go on there to tweet out uh, on the homepage, it just shows like football Twitter, just because that's what our, the, the account follows. It just follows football. So I'm going, I'm just scrolling through and all I see is like, CFC Janty, I will I will uh, disable my account if we lose tonight and then they lost and you disable his account. I'm just like, I see loads of City fans, <laughs> loads of City Twitter accounts saying we need to talk about Walker. He, why is he captain? I'm just like, I don't know. I think it, it's it. Football Twitter is just it's a space I just cannot stand. Obviously, Vic is in it. Vic is a big person in that in that in that space for Chelsea, but. I cannot stand City football as well. And when when Vic says to us on the pod, he says to us, uh, us City fans are very, like, we, we, we're not very happy with how we play, like, even if we're winning 7-0. But, like, we say ungrateful. That's because of football as well. Like, honestly, if, if I could show you some of these football tweets, it's ridiculous. I see some people saying Walker needs to get out. Walker needs to um, go to the bench. He needs to become a coach. <laughs> if he has a good game, they say he's the best right back in the world. But I cannot stand football Twitter. And obviously, I stay off that. But when I do see it on like on the Power Pitches Twitter account, it it's like it's mad to see. No, the funny thing is, me and Vic actually had this exact conversation last week because I was saying there you go. There's there's fans because I was saying that like about McTominay, basically, you know. People have, will have heard it, they'll know. Just that, I've, obviously, I don't think he actually helps United. Despite scoring his goals, everywhere else in the pitch, the massive hindrance, like, lose boards on. But, and I said, and I, even, I said a bit then, it's like, but I know he'll start against Newcastle later and I hope he scores a brace. Like, I still want United to win at the end of the day. Some of these Twitter guys, are, they, they just, they'll, they want to see whatever they've, their opinion was happened. Do you know what I mean? They want to say, like, a mad player from the bench is the best player in the team and they just want to yeah. see that player do well so they can go, I told you, I told you, bring up bring up the fucking timestamp, whatever, like, it's, oh, mate, 
like or like yeah, they're against the manager they want to see your own their own team lose because they want to be proven right that they're out for the manager like you just got to ignore it i i literally just, i don't go on twitter no more i go on twitter to like our power pictures tweets and that's about <laughs> it. i go on twitter when I've, I've got too much time and i've killed instagram and i'm like oh, i should read something for a bit i've been watching too many minus videos let's do my reading like nah <laughs> Forget no, that. I, I cannot stand it. Like, obviously, we are in a rough patch right now. City is a team. We've got injuries. Which it, it it's no excuse though. We are in a rough patch, and I don't know. From like not unbiased because obviously I'm biased, but Gavardio is not playing to the level that I know he can. Um, I think he's a world class centre back. I think he's unreal in centre back. But Pep playing him at left back, it's it's not the move. He doesn't have the pace to keep up with, like, like we saw it in the week against Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey just taps it ahead of him and he sprints. He can't catch up because he's not fast enough. Like, Nathan Aki is fast enough to catch up to most players. He he locked up Salah last season, which is, like, it's a mad thing to say from a from a centre-back playing left-back. It's kind of like what you say with Luke Shaw, how he, he's a left-back naturally, but he can play centre-back well. It's like with Nathan Aki, he's a centre-back and he play left-back well. And... Obviously, the return of John Stones, I was watching the game. He is still unreal. He just looks the complete part. Like he can play right back, left back, centre back, midfield, anywhere. He's so good. But Gavardio is looking, I don't know, there's, there's, there's things I see about him, which is just a bit, there's, I don't know, there's errors that he makes. He makes a lot of errors compared to us. And just want to put it out there as well. Vic put it in our group chat. Obviously, the people listening didn't see it. But uh, Edison, shocking. He's a shocking goalkeeper. Obviously, <laughs> he, I, I say shocking. He's not shocking, but he's not. He's he's one of the worst shot stoppers in the league, and that is statistically proven. He's it was Raya. It was Raya and yeah. Edison, wasn't it? With the it's worst success, save success rate, which is crazy considering the teams they're playing for as well. The defense is probably the teams. With the two best defenses in the league yeah. as well in front of them, that is mad. Like we we um, say this every year, City's defense is one of the best in the world. When we have a little hinge and maybe they get through to get a shot, they always score. It's like Edison's just so switched off. And like I seen, um, like obviously Onana gets a lot of stick, but because he's facing so many shots, see he is yeah, he does make a lot. Yeah. Bad. yeah, yeah, but. I seen that you guys are, are do, looking to sign that, think, um, that. That is that is the proof though that you can't always use the stats. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he saved a lot of shots, but he's also let a lot in that he should not have let in. Yeah, um, if you watch them as well, yeah. You're you talk about your defense, and it's actually what I wrote down because obviously your other game in this game week was three all with Spurs. City for some reason struggling against Spurs again. Isn't your last seven games in the league you've not beaten them or something ridiculous like that? Like it's Spurs, a joke. the team that everyone else beats. United, no matter how bad they are, normally beat Spurs. Like it, that's craziness. And literally, the main thing I wrote down was another high scoring, high conceding game for City after that four rule with Chelsea. I know Rodri is injured, and obviously that definitely affects your team in defence. But you meant to have one of the best defences in the world, and you signed Guardiola 100 mil. Surely you're like even without Rodri, you think that back line would be solid enough. And if you're putting John Stones into midfield and Rico Lewis in there, so that's like they're obviously playing as CDMs basically. Obviously, I know probably in the Pep system they're doing all sorts of movement and attacking, but at the core of it, they're playing the defensive midfield role. Like I don't, I don't get it, and I, I've got to say, I'm surprised that Pep's not had more stick about it. Like to concede so many goals with such an expensive. But and high quality defense is really weird. And I just think if it was any other team, the manager would be getting pelters about it. I get, I get it that obviously you can't really question Pep that much because he's won so much, and he has won the Premier League what three times in a row at the moment. Could be four if if he bucks it up. But there's still a level of going, yeah. But you've conceded what, um, like eight or ten goals in your last like four or five games and last four games. For a team that's meant to be so good at defending, that's not really a great record, is it? I get it at United, we do it, but we're known to be shit at the back. Like City are meant to be the best at the back, and you sh- and you're just shipping goals at the moment. Yeah, there's um, I, I did want to bring I did want to bring up that point. Um, 
Well, right now we actually only have the second most concede, second least conceded goals in the league. So obviously we've shipped what ten goals, no, eleven goals in our last five games we've conceded, and we've only conceded seventeen all season. So you look at it that way, six in ten, eleven in five. That's a big drop off. We're having a really rough patch, and obviously one of them was Rodri, but that was only one nil. Like Rodri's, Rodri got this, uh, suspended. He wasn't even injured. He got suspended in the Spurs game. So he played the full game and we still conceded three. And obviously we can't obviously put a whole defence on Rodri. But when when you think back to, uh, to last season, our whole team, were, the best team we had was Rodri and Stones were starting 100%. If they were both starting, we had no problems. And... Right now, we, ha- we haven't been able to play that team all season. But now they're both back for next game. Obviously, it is Luton. So we're not expected to concede. But, yeah, we're having a really rough patch. It just needs to turn up. Yeah, but and, even yeah. even without Rodri, even without Rodri, your back line shouldn't be conceding. That, that's 6-10. That sounds about right. That might, to be honest, from what we've expected from City over these last few years in the pet, that probably sounds like it's a bit too much. You probably averaged a bit less than that before. Now to be doing eleven and five with that back line with a hundred million pound defender in there, as well as a lot of other quality, that is that is dodgy, mate. That is yeah. weird. Uh, I, I hate I hate to say this, but I have to say it. I have to give props to United because <laughs> <laughs> you've only conceded eighteen Jesus. goals all season. Eighteen goals. We've only yeah, we've only conceded seventeen. You've conceded one more goal than us. Jesus. And the problem is that this you guys is mental. have United yeah. stuck out of nowhere with results. Like it's ridiculous. We got yeah. zero goal difference in the Prem. Yeah, literally that is the only problem. That is the only problem you guys have. If you had a good striker, I'd be so worried. I'd be so worried that you know we'd we'd be miles um like we'd be so much closer. Well no. Because the goal difference thing is that the fact that we beat the shit teams by one goal, but when we lose, <laughs> we lose by two or three. Normally, that's that's why we've got that fucking mental goal difference. And it's weird because United in the Champions League is the exact opposite. I think we conceded 14 and 5 in the Champions League, but scored yeah, like 14 as well, 13 as well. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, we've scored 36. Like, scoring is not our problem. I see people on, obviously, again, talking about football Twitter as I do, but people complain about Haaland. He's doing his job. Like he's still top goal scorer in both competitions that he's in. He cannot complain. He's doing his job for our team. And if anything, I'm watching him this season. He's doing a bit more. Like he's dropping back into midfield. Not not as good as Harry Kane does, but I'm seeing like Harry Kane esque when he was playing for Spurs, where he drop into midfield, help control the game, and then get back up. But he's doing his job this season. I cannot fault our attack at all. It is our defence that has a problem, and the the problem is. Injuries, but no more complaints. If we concede tomorrow, uh, sorry, if we concede on Sunday, then I can hit. I can hear the stick from you guys. If we lose to Luton somehow, I'll accept it. I'll accept Mate, it. Fuck me. If you lose to Luton, that'd be ridiculous. No way. Well, um, you know, the four three against Arsenal. They are looking good at home, especially as well. Playing at home against us, never know. But I'm still triple captain in Haaland in the FPL. I have to, I have to back it. Mate. I have to. <laughs> if, you, if you lose that, that is actually wild. Um, so we were talking about City Spurs there, the last one. Uh, so we'll talk about Spurs' game from last night as well. With uh, Spence be happy, with a hammer yeah. coming out on top 2-1 at the Tottenham Stadium as well. And Spurs in their last five games, this is also ridiculous that you drew with them, is that you are the only game they've drawn in their last five and the other four are all losses. I saw um, Meza Ozil literally ju- about half an hour before we started recording this. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up bring up the screenshot just so I do not mess this up. Um, so, Opta Joe on Twitter tweeted that Tottenham are the first side in Premier League history to fail to win five consecutive games despite going one 0 up in each match, and lose three consecutive home games despite going one 0 up in each match, and Meza Ozil quote tweeted it going help who else should be able to break that record bottle job fc is back which i did think is fucking brilliant <laughs> I was like, Fair play, that is well funny to dig them out as well but spurs are falling apart a bit and the, and the thing is obviously well well done to west ham bowen and war producing once again of course 
we we've been saying there's quite a few of my notes here today, man. We've been fucking right about this season from the start. We have made some really good predictions, and I know I definitely did, and I think everyone else said it as well at times. Yeah. As soon as Spurs lost a few players, they were gonna fall apart. The bubble was gonna burst at some point. They lost Madison. I think Saar's been injured. Um, I think one of their centre backs has been injured. I was speaking to a Spurs fan uh, yesterday, actually. Yeah, funny enough. But they've got all these injuries. Madison out, yeah. Yeah, I wrote that. Like, now they've completely fallen apart. Completely yeah. fallen apart. It is and mad. The, the, to be honest, the biggest thing, just to bring it back to United one last time, to make me happy. All the people at the start of the season, the first 10 games when Spurs were unbeaten, trying to have a go at Ten Hag going, oh, look what Angie's doing. Look, look how quickly Angie's implemented a good play style. Why hasn't Ten Hag done that United? Remember, bloody blow this. When Ten Hag's had serious injuries all season, like he's barely had Martinez, he's barely had Casemiro. Um, like, we didn't even have a left back for like seven weeks, despite having three at the club. Yeah, mad. N- now, Ten Hag still managed to pick up a few results at least. Angie's lost his players, and you suddenly, injuries in the second string team, it's really difficult to play your style of football. It's difficult to pick up results when you have a second string team. Where, where are these people? That's another football Twitter one. It's like, come come back out of the shadows yeah. now and be saying about Ange compared to Ten Hag when actually the second that the wheels come off a little bit, it all falls apart. I'm not trying to have a go at Ange Postecoglou. I think he's still a good manager and I think he'll do well at Spurs. But anyone who was looking at it properly and looking at their team and their squad was saying, few injuries, Saw, Madison, you know, whoever it might be, Son, if he goes, whatever, they'll fall apart. And that's exactly what's happening now. And they can't they can't even buy a win. United now on the same points to them, again, despite being absolutely terrible. And this amazing Anne Spurs has completely fallen off a cliff. And, mate, it's dangerous for them as well. I don't think Madison's back till January. There's no, a lot yeah. of games in December. There's loads of games in December always and, like, around the new year and stuff. Like, if they lose, if they don't get a win in the next four or five games, like, they will have actually dropped down to, like, Chelsea's level. They, they're only on 27 right now. Um, you know, that's eight points ahead of Chelsea. If, if over over Christmas, you know, I think it's, like, six games or something between now and the end of January, you know, six or seven Prem games, I think Spurs could really drop down the table. If, and I feel like it would be classic Spurs as well to start so well. And then gone absolutely stinking run. Do you know what I mean? In ten games unbeaten to maybe ten games without a win. Like I could see it. I actually could the way they're playing right now. Yeah, well, I did um I did do an article on our website and they actually have a full eleven of injured players. Like it is ridiculous. And if you do go back to one of the first episodes this season, uh, me and Ed both said an injury to Son, injury to Madison, just those two you can see that they'll drop and to lose this many players it is tough on spurs but you're right like you should be able to you know at least win some of the games and to out of the last five only get one point and it's to us and i say this every season that but that's they play really well that but that should show that the draw against you it's like the exception that proves the rule is that they should have done better in all the other four yeah. games because if you can get free if you can have a free draw with city you can beat most teams in the Premier League. There's something going on in their heads. It's not just about the personnel because if they can do that against you, they should be able to beat other teams. And it's it is Spurs. It is bottle job FC. It's I think it's a mental game with them once again. Well, yeah, they they come off the back. So I'm just looking at their games here. They come off the back with a two-two draw against Spurs, which was a great game. They come off the back of a two-one win against Liverpool. To then. Drop to lose 4-1 to Chelsea, 2-1 to Wolves, 2-1 to Villa, 3-3 to us and 2-1 to West Ham. Like, it's the one goal difference all the time to them. And they, they go up 1-0, then it's lose good. 2-1 in they all the games. Good teams, to be fair. Because what was it? What was it? Chelsea, Villa, you and West yeah. Ham. What was it? Who's the other one? Um, Palace, I think. I think it was Palace. Wow, so we get it. Yeah, Palace. It was Palace. Okay, that's a stinking one. That is a big stinking one. Villa, I get it, losing to Villa. West Ham did start the season well, but they've not been as good as they well, were yeah. recently, have they? Um, and Chelsea yeah. was a shocking one, though, because it was two red cards, wasn't it? Chelsea well, was a the shocking thing is, one. With that one, because of the two red cards, you thought, oh, that's only because they're down to nine men. And they did yeah. concede, what, three goals in the last... Was it like after the 85th <laughs> yeah. or something that Jackson gets his hat-trick? Um so that one you can understand a bit, 
but then to since then to have not even got a single win not great times and Spurs no. fans would just be so upset think about you going to Spurs City in April so Spurs would definitely want to pick that up a little bit yeah uh, or they could be getting smoked that day but we um, haven't scored a goal at their stadium just let that be known we've never scored a goal at that stadium so I've not got a high hopes how already for that bogey game. team and me every season every season crazy it's, it's a it's a well like it's a well cultured joke among City fans that when they play us they turn into prime Barcelona. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Richarlison turns up. L- luckily, Richarlison wasn't playing this game because if he did, it probably would have been five three or something. But no, <laughs> honestly, I hate playing Spurs every season. I don't know why because they're so shit against everyone. Like like you said, you guys would beat them nine out of ten times. And it's weird. Because then you play us. One that one time. Apart from that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apart from that, yeah, we always seem to beat Spurs. Uh, I remember I'd never even noticed it until you said it to me last year, and then I seen the stats went, "Holy fuck, yeah, yeah. Spurs are your bogey team." <laughs> so weird. And then, yeah, do that, and then draw, and then lose to West Ham at your own stadium as well. Like, Mad so sense. inconsistent at the moment, and. You don't know. You literally don't know where they're going to finish. Now, at one point, they look like they'd be finishing the top three. Now, they look like they could be finishing like seven, eight, nine, like quite easily. They dropped off so much. And I, I like Madison. I think he seems like he's a nice guy, nice personality, and he's a good player. But he does have injury problems. He does, and I think sometimes you know you get the uh, what the white glazed glasses as English England fans to the yeah. fact that it's known that Madison has injury problems. He had, it's kind of one of the reasons Leicester got relegated is because they needed him so much. And once he was injured, they were just dog shit, really. Like, without him, they were poo. Um, and now he's carrying Spurs in the same way. And, like, there's a thing for... When you've got an amazing player, like, a bit like you, Kevin De Bruyne, yeah? when you've got an amazing player, it's the best. Because when they're playing, you're like, we've all, always got a chance. He's always going to do something. But when you start to rely on that too much, you get too used to it. When you then lose them, it can really derail your team. I know City obviously were doing fine at the beginning of the season, but they're not doing as well as they would be if Kevin De Bruyne's in the team, 100%. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah, wouldn't, facts. you wouldn't be struggling to score goals or like, well, you're not struggling to score goals, but you'd be scoring even more goals if he's in the team just because his delivery always would help. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't unexpected from Madison to get injured. And I just think Spurs... Showing that without him they struggle. Obviously, they have got a load of other injuries as well, but like scoring goals is their problem. Like I said, they're losing by a goal. So Madison getting a goal or an assist in a game makes that difference up, doesn't it? Every time. Um, and uh, yeah, their whole season now kind of depends on Madison because what if he comes back in January, gets injured straight away again? Like they will be done. They if they're going to be playing like this, they will yeah. be done. They won't be get. There's a lot of good teams in the Premier League at the moment, and there's a lot of okay teams that can pick up results it would even though it's quite funny to laugh at Spurs and I do always quite enjoy it it actually would be a bit sad to see them start so well and then just end up real bad um but let's let's move on from them we'll talk about another team that you've struggled against um Villa and the fact that they beat you midweek 1-0 but on the weekend they drew two all to Bournemouth what is going on in the Premier League Hey, this season is ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. Like the the, the favourites of the entire thing have fallen off so much. Villa is somehow having a magical season. It could be a Leicester season again. And I, I forgot to say this when we talked about the game before. And in the game against Villa, they had twenty two shots. We had two. That is is record breaking. Pep has never ever scored uh, had that little many shots. Uh, in his entire top five managerial league career ever. And to do it against Aston Villa is mind-blowing. And then Crazy. But yeah. that same week, they've drawn to Bournemouth. Bournemouth, who are a struggling team, that a lot of people would have yeah. to go down this season or at least be close to it, managed to get a 2-2 draw at, at um, oh my God, what's it, is it the Vitality Stadium? I think it is. I think so. Um, it was a last-minute equaliser as well. And... Yeah, the Premier League's going crazy. I mean, 
I don't have loads to say about that game apart from the result was ridiculous. But the other example yeah. I kind of have of the similar thing is Everton Newcastle the last night as well. Three nil against Newcastle. Absolutely ridiculous result. And the and the reason people love the Premier League is United beat Everton three nil. Newcastle beat United one nil. Everton beat Newcastle three nil. It makes no right. fucking sense. You no kind of predict these games. You, we've been trying to predict it, and I think we've realised how hard it actually is. <laughs> like <laughs> if you, you get, get it spot on a week, yeah, it's ridiculous. I I managed to jump up and catch up with Vic because I've managed to get what one right in each game week here. <laughs> like that's all it's taken for me to catch up with him. Um, right. And what an unbelievable game! Everton are unrecognisable from the team that started the season as well. Like yeah, I. I did see a video early on in the season saying that their underlying numbers were better than their results were showing. But that can be, if you're a team that's losing a lot of the time, you normally, you kind of get stat boost because you're more likely to be going on the attack more than the other team's more likely to be defending. So you do get higher attacking numbers if you're losing for more parts of games. But all of us, like not all of a sudden, it was a few weeks ago. As soon as Everton started getting results, I got, I, beginning of the season, I thought they were going down there playing so shoddy. And actually now they are doing so much better. To beat Newcastle was ridiculous. 3-0 was ridiculous against Newcastle considering how good they've been, how solid they've been. I know they've had yeah. injuries as well in Newcastle, but they beat United, yeah, comfortably. And then they go lose to Everton near the bottom of the table. Everton had that 10-point deduction already back out of the um, Yeah, back out of the relegation that, zone that's as well. the hardest part. Because yeah, if they didn't have that 10 point, they'd be above Chelsea right now. <laughs> like, Let's have a look at that. They would be above Ten, Chelsea. Yes, they would be. They would be 10th in the league right now, Evan, if it wasn't for a 10 point deduction. Do you know what? That They are going to appeal it as well, aren't they? And that makes me want to That yeah. makes me want to see the appeal come through. Because if they could jump up, that would be crazy. And you've actually got a feel for Everton fans a little bit because, like. They've been playing that, well. They to are. be up to doing. Yeah, if they were up in 10th right now. They would be a lot happier than they are. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Especially after last season as well, how poor it was with Frank Lampard and stuff. Like, oh, if, if they were sitting that, in yeah. now, they'd be buzzing. They'd be absolutely buzzing, yeah. Fair play, Sean Dyche, mate. I've, yeah. I've been giving Sean Dyche praise for time. You know, you know this. I, love, I like It's Sean always, Dyche. for me, it's always been a joke, Sean Dyche. It's like, you bring him in, you just get Brexit football. Oh. It's funny. And now I'm seeing him like, wait, he's actually a good manager. He should be managing Spurs, not... <laughs> Not much. You should be managing Burnley, mate. You should be managing Burnley. (laughs) You should be managing any of these. Come in, you play (laughs) four-four-two and you win games. Sean Dyche, mate, he's a fucking monster. He kept Burnley up for so long with like so little money spent. The biggest ever signing was Cornet in the last season, fifteen mil, and he kept Burnley in the Prem for like seven, eight years, mate. Sean Dyche, a good manager. I was worried at the beginning of the season how badly they played, and I thought he was going to get the sack, and I thought. Get sacked from Burnley, the club that like you're a legend at, and then if you get sacked mm. by Everton as well, that might be him over. But mate, if he can, if he can get Everton to climb up, if they can get him to even finish tenth at the end of the season with the ten point deduction as well, yeah, there'll be a massive respect in his name, and Everton fans would be buzzing because he would have completely changed him. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see because if this actually does get rescinded, the points deduction, that'd be big, and I'd like to see that for the Everton fans, especially because. I mean, three 0 against Newcastle is massive, and they're playing they're playing Chelsea to on Sunday, so um, that will be. I a reckon Everton could win that, mate. I do, I, I do as well, I'm, genuinely. Chelsea are, are really off. Um, funny enough, we can talk about uh, Chelsea Brighton as well. Some of the last games got written down because I thought we would cover Chelsea for Vic at least when they beat Brighton three two in on the weekend with ten men. Enzo got a brace. After yes. I was chatting shit about him in a group chat as well, <laughs> classic. But then he was terrible against United, so that's fine by me. Um, Chelsea so up and down, mate, and I honestly could see Everton beating them. Everton, they're going to have some belief in them now. Like that is a huge win. They have been playing better. They'll know they've been playing better as well. I think the fans obviously were fuming about um, the points deduction, and obviously United were the team to play them after that points deduction. I put the article up on PowerPitch thinking. Saying I thought United would struggle. I thought the fans were going crazy and United would struggle. And the fans were going mental. But obviously, the Garnacho goal in the first five minutes completely silenced that. Yeah. But before the game, the Everton fans were going crazy. So now, actually, when they if they are getting if they are having games like that, do you know what I mean? I bet the fans are are well behind the team. 
And the fact that they've managed to pick up a result like that, that's taken them out of the relegation zone. The fans be well up for it. And, you know, it's not a fucking easy place to go at any, ever, ever, never. Goodison Park is never easy to go to. Don't matter how bad they are and how good you are. That's like a tough ground to go and play at. Renowned to be tough. Every player that's ever played there, I tell you, it was hard to play there. That if Sean Dyche can get them aggressive and playing dirty and the Everton fans behind them, they could, they could do a charge because at the beginning of the season, they looked as bad as everyone at the bottom. Now... Yeah. I think they are clear of everyone at the bottom. And honestly, I think... Yeah, I agree. I know yeah. Fulham have got some results recently or score goals. Brentford aren't what they were and Chelsea. But I'd honestly put Everton in that bracket with them. They're as good as those four teams probably right, right now. I have to say as well, um, I know we're not on that part yet. I don't know if we'll do it on the podcast or not. But for predictions next week, Vic has not backed Chelsea against Everton. He's backed Everton. Go. And yeah, I, honestly, I, I think I agree with him because Everton right now, they're playing good football, obviously just come off the back of a 3-0 win against Newcastle. And you know what? I, I always say I always say this about Everton though. Like they have a good team, but they always seem to lack in like one aspect. And there's one player where I always used to like at Everton. It was um, Damari Gray. I don't know if he's still there or not. I, I think he, he must have... Be injured or something like that. Oh, he must he have transferred. Less, didn't he? I'm not oh, sure. But he was like one of my favourite players. Uh, Damari Gray plays for his favourite player. Oh, he put El Etifaki. Plays under Steven Gerrard. You want it? You want it? Come and get it. Come and get it. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Evan can do because if. Even without the 10-point um, deduction, you're probably right. They are better than the bottom three teams, obviously. And they're better than Forest and they're better than Bournemouth. So, yeah, I'm, they, they probably won't get relegated. And I find it mad anyway. Was it, I think it was two seasons ago or maybe one season where they were in relegation battle with Leeds. It was last year. Was it last it was year? Last yeah. season. They almost got relegated. And, and I'm just yeah, like, hell right. but, yeah, that's mad to me because you think about Everton, you don't think about... Uh, a championship club and have you seen the new stadium that's being built there i've heard about it, it. i haven't seen it uh, it looks unreal it looks unreal and like you see in that you're expecting them to have high hopes in the club as well like you're not you don't build a brand new stadium for a club you think is going to get demoted like you you do think you do think that the club has faith in the players and obviously the fans well, definitely also- do it's also an even bigger pressure on the team, isn't it, as well? Because the yeah. club, financially, if they go down, obviously, it will help them the first season shit the parachute payment, but they will need to be in the Premier League if they're going to be paying off that stadium because that would take that takes so long to pay off anyway. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, because you said about Vic's predictions, I just had a look at it, and that cheeky fucker has predicted United 2-all <laughs> with Bournemouth at Old Trafford just because just cause we absolutely <laughs> tore Chelsea to bits sneaky little fucker apologies <laughs> anyway um the only other two games I wanted to even discuss because I kind of I've kind of got all the top seven games down um but the two Liverpool games uh they beat yes. Sheffield United 2-0 that's standard bog standard everyone expect- well we all predicted 3-0 but 2-0 oh, not, not a surprise yeah really annoying <laughs> um but the other one 4-3 with Fulham and Fulham yeah. were winning 3-2 at Anfield, I think in the 85th minute. I think it's 85th Mate. and 87th, they conceded two goals. Fulham winning 3-2 up to the 84th minute at Anfield is ridiculous. Fulham have not been having a good season. Fulham have been struggling so far this year. They've had some yeah, definitely. terrible results and played really poorly, really struggled to score goals, haven't they? And then all of a sudden, because they had that 3-2 against Wolves as well, didn't they? I think it was... And then they just won, and they won five nil against Forest (laughs) just just last week. Yeah, they they must be turning it around. Crazy, yeah. Um, and fair play to Marcus Silva because that's the thing. Fulham last year were actually like a good attacking team. They didn't have loads of quality, but they did score quite a few goals in like in games that they got into the rhythm as well. They would score goals, so like fair play. They might be they yeah they could be turning it around. Obviously, Liverpool fans would be happy to to get that four goals. And uh, win that one late on. To win late on is always is always the best. Um, but I did think, oh, this is my other point of us being proved right from early on in the season, is that we have been saying that Liverpool's defence and midfield, especially when it comes to defending, are a lot shaky this year. 
I know Van Dyke is actually. I think I think Van Dyke's back to not being dribbled by this season or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure I saw that the other day. But beyond him, the back lines, and I know Trent is actually scoring lots of goals and like doing crazy free kicks and stuff. Mate. But defensively, they have been dodgy, and we, we we've said from the start of the season, all their results on that will depend on just their attack outscoring how yeah. like how many they can see because they'll always concede a few with the way they're defending, and that is exactly what happened in this game. Like, do you know what I mean? To concede Man. three goals and still win is ridiculous. Well, yeah, Matip has just been, um, it's just Torres ACL, so he's out for till the rest of the season. So it's going to be Joe Gomez in centre back if Canate isn't fit enough for however long. And that's going to be tough because I, I did say this when City played Liverpool. Uh, I said in the chat, Trent is awful. Reese James clears him. And now, as soon as I've said that, he scores two goals, one absolute blinder, then a free kick, and he scores against us. And Trent is looking unreal now. And he has to, if you think about it, like, logically, he has to step up because I don't know who actual their main striker is. I don't know if it is Nunes. I don't know if it's Gakpo. I don't know if it's, I don't know, uh, Diaz, Jota. I don't know who it is that they play up front, but they're not scoring like they're just not and Salah obviously is doing his thing he's seconds top scorer in the Prem but Trent is playing out of his skin right now and yeah Van Dijk seems to be back to his best which is annoying it's annoying because he is so good like he has everything you need as a centre-back he has the, the size the speed the strength he has like everything that a good centre-back needs and like Obviously, last season when he tore his ACL, everyone was like, oh, that's fine. And he's, they're not going to win the, the league this year. And now he's back, the, the second in the league. Like, he seems to be the rock of that team. But you never know with this Matip injury. You never, you never know. You never know. See, it's funny as well because, like, Liverpool, and I, I, I've almost been like similar to United with their points tally where, Obviously, at a higher level, but you've not really expected it. Like I know Liverpool have been good this season; they've been getting those results, but they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Like the stories have been about Spurs and Arsenal and City more than anything. And Liverpool, yeah, have actually just snuck their way into second. They're only two points behind Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? And they've yeah. they've scrambled some games and they've won some games like like that two-one against Newcastle, where Newcastle absolutely dominated them, but then just completely fell apart for no reason. And Nunes scored like two absolute bangers. Um, Liverpool are really weird when this season because you you always fancy him to concede, but you always fancy him to score loads of goals. And yeah, they they lost five to be fair. It's three three wins, two draws, pretty good. And United have faced them as well. I think next weekend. That'll be good. And yeah. it will not be good. It will I'm not excited. be good. I, think... I am concerned that it could be <laughs> four or five nil again. But I actually, not. when I but saying that, saying that, the way they're defending, we'll probably get a goal. Yeah. At least. Hopefully. Um, but I, I just imagine, I just expect most Allos just get a hat trick. Probably, I probably put a tenner in to get a hat trick, and it'll probably happen. <laughs> Um, no, you win either way if the bet comes in oh, away, you guys God. win <laughs> no but honestly every time I think about stress. that game every time I think about that game I get a mini headache right in the centre of my head and I just think fuck I'm not ready for it our best mate is a Liverpool fan and it's just the worst mate I remember I watched 7-0 last year and it's just the worst thing ever I fucking hate Liverpool <laughs> and I just I'm not ready for that game but <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we play if we play like we did against Chelsea, mate, we actually put that much effort in. Like we can make we might still lose, but we can make the game tough. Do you know what I mean? But they might only win by a goal. Like and it might maybe a moment of excellence from Trent or something. If we play against like we did against Newcastle, they'll smoke us, mate. We'll yeah. be a Donna kebab in their fucking <laughs> chippy, mate. They will tear us a new one. We'll be on a skewer. They'll be they'll be done. Um <laughs> I I just pray for Ten Hag that he beats Bournemouth and beats Bayern, whether we go out or not. Just because when that game comes around, if if we lose to Bayern, lose to Bournemouth or get a draw, and then lose that game, football Twitter will be on fire, mate. They'll all be calling Ten Hag out. I'm yeah, just of course they will. <laughs> of course. Um, do you want to do our predictions on there, or should we leave him as a little little surprise next week? I can just maybe give him an update. 
on the scores because I had to total them up today. Yeah, I, I think struggling. I think I think off camera is always good. You get to surprise the fans and see how okay. shit I'm doing with Burnley. <laughs> uh, so the the tables right now we've tallied it up again from these last two game weeks, and I've actually done all right. I've been the leader both weeks. Got managed to get eight points myself both on both of them. So, but Vic is still leading. He is on sixty nine now. Childish, don't laugh. I'm on sixty two. <laughs> And Benji, you are struggling on 51. After doing well as well at the start, you're really dropping Mate. off here, son. I'm um, telling you, it's it's my, my belief in Burnley. And it's coming has through Has cost you a lot. You know what I mean? It's cost me too much. But from now on, they're going to they're gonna come back. They're going to come with me. And we're going to... Burnley are staying up. Like I said this, and I've clipped it, and I've kept it on my PC. So wait. In fi- in fifteen weeks, in fifteen weeks, we are All gonna right. have Burnley in the Premier League. Temp. You you need to send me this clip, so I've also got to save. So when they get relegated with like eight games to go, I can post it on the Power Pictures podcast uh, Instagram page, and you will not be able to take it down. That'll be the rule. You're not allowed to take it down because there's no way. Um, we mentioned Instagram. Yeah, give us a follow at Power Pictures if you haven't already. Twitter is also at Power Pitches. Uh, yes. Website, powerpitches2.wordpress.com. .co.uk. I think I fucked this up last time. No, I think it's .com. Uh, YouTube up yet? Uh, going to do that right now. We're going to upload. This is going to be the first podcast oh, on the YouTube. We go. uh, we're going to have, obviously, not, we are we are recording this on Teams, but it's not just going to be the Teams. We're going to have a little, little colourful showing for you guys, and you can come see our face for a whole hour and 10 minutes of recording. So come over, uh, come over to the that. YouTube. And don't judge me, I'm not at a trim. I know it's getting long. My car's bust up, so I can't can't get to the barbers. <laughs> Allow it. Don't be like that. Yeah, me. man. Don't worry, don't worry. But, we have we have nice. So that ones. was that was a double episode, and somehow it's yes. been our shortest one ever. There you go. <laughs> Only an hour fifteen, despite covering two game weeks. But that's game week fourteen and fifteen. Uh, if you haven't covered your team, send us a message uh, on Instagram saying we're silly knobs and we need to speak about someone. If you want us to, yeah. if you want us to think about doing topics as well, tweet us, send us a message on Instagram. You know, if you want us to see, do top tens, um, talk about specific clubs, talk about, you know, do scout report on other players. I'll be happy to do something like that if people suggest send them in. And uh, yeah, watch your YouTube space. Hopefully, we'll get some, not just a podcast on there, maybe some little clips as well, some little short short pieces. To camera yeah. if we can maybe a tiktok as well but watch this space we're evolving yes and thank you for listening to power pitches again yes thank you